Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there. It's showtime. Picture it. Can I do that? I'm Sailor Moon, the champion of justice. The power is yours. Thunder. Thunder. Hey, Rob. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Good. I have a math test this morning, but are you still on for later after school recording our new episode? Yes, I am so excited. I cannot wait. Now, you did your studying, right? You have the topic down. You watched the new Saved by the Bell last night? The, the new the new one? <laughs> um, yeah. I, oh. Look at that. I was saved by the bell. Welcome back, Radical Ones. We are here with an all-new episode featuring Saved by the Bell. Back with us is Rob from Brunch with the Hollowells and Movie Geek and Proud. For the first time in 2021, Happy New Year, Rob. Happy New Year to you. 2020 is over. Thank God. But hopefully this year is a lot better. Well, I know things are going to be more exciting over there with Brunch with the Hollowells. You are starting season six of Charmed. Yes, I cannot believe we made it so far. We surpassed season five, which was a great season. I had a lot of fun. Season six should be starting anytime now. And then also Movie Geek and Proud comes back after almost a year off of hiatus. 
this month, right? Yes, January. This month. January 13th is when we officially come back. It's a bi-weekly show on Wednesdays, so that'll be the first episode. I'm back into movie reviewing with my friends, and I'm going to try and tackle this solo review thing, which I still don't think I'm that good at, but I'm still having fun while I do it. So He is so modest. He does not understand that he is wonderful on the mic, and he just needs to accept it. I don't know. <laughs> no, thank you. I... I'm going to definitely be a busier person in 2021, so I'm very excited. And yeah, I'm going to finally record and recap all of my movies that I own in my collection, so that'll be fun rewatching all of those again. So yeah, no, it'll be an exciting start of 2021. So we'll see how this goes. Ooh, every other Wednesday, Rob's back. What a year for Saved by the Bell to come back in. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty crazy. You know, debuting back in November, I didn't watch it right away. But to prepare for our recording, you know, going back and revisiting the old show was insane. Uh, Unfortunately, I didn't watch a lot of it to prepare for this episode. I do remember watching it a whole bunch when I was a kid. But for this one, you know, we're just going to talk about the pilot of season two of the original series and then this new pilot of the reboot. And at this time, hopefully you guys have all watched at least the pilot. I believe it is free on Peacock without subscription or premium. So you guys should all have an understanding of what we're recapping about. But yeah, uh, it, it was fun to to watch both of them like rob said so this is available on the new peacock network which is actually the new location to find the original charmed show streaming online as well now so for any charms fans out there high definition and gorgeous oh my god gorgeous it looks amazing in high def yeah you uh, should be able to watch the entire series but it will have ads and most likely it's just one ad that's like 30 seconds i feel that it's completely worth worth it so you don't don't need a subscription to watch Charmed, at least. But for the Saved by the Bell original show, they will ask you to pay, which is about five bucks a month. Not bad considering what the newest, like all these streaming services are charging. It's about around the same way based on what they have currently too on their library. It's like Netflix will continue. Their prices go up as they add content. I'm assuming Disney Plus at some point is going to go up. Fingers crossed it doesn't happen too soon. Yeah. And I'm sure this Peacock Network, if they get something, maybe this will be a hit for them. Maybe a charm animated series or (laughs) (laughs) we could dream. I mean, I feel like this would be the network. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're doing the pilot episode of, well, we're doing the first episode of the original Saved by the Bell, like Rob said, which is the second season. Now, Rob, for anyone out there, please explain this. I was so confused when I went back on Hulu to watch the pilot again of Saved by the Bell, and I was met with an alternative reality of Zack and Screech, and Lisa was there as well. But Yes. So what if you could explain what you okay. know about... So I'm not a complete expert on the subject, but here's what I'll say. Basically, there was this show called Good Morning, Miss Bliss, and it was sort of in the same form format is what you see in Saved by the Bell. It involved a school with a featured teacher who, you know, taught a certain set of students. And part of that student body was Zach, 
Lisa and Screech along with other friends. And this particular season ran oh yeah mr belding was involved as well so he was in the original and so the narrative and the focus and the one driving the story was miss bliss this was about her classroom and so the first 13 episodes was the first season and unfortunately it did not grab the audience that it wanted uh this particular season also took place in a different location i believe in indianapolis yeah they were in Indi- they're in indiana basically <laughs> eerie indiana yeah and the show unfortunately didn't find its audience it wasn't doing very well so they decided to revamp it but still keep it sort of in the same universe without changing much because what did come out of that was the kids so what they did was they focused more of the narrative from the kids' point of view and decided to make it about them as opposed to the teacher. And that is when Saved by the Bell was the new title. And then they also moved the location of the school from Indiana to a fictional city in California called Base, you know, like Bayside. And so this is kind of what I grabbed. So Brandon um, Tark, oh God. Tartikoff. Okay. So Brandon Tartikoff. So he is one of the uh, producers and he was still unwilling to give up on the premise of Miss Bliss. So went back to NBC, reframed it for network Saturday morning kid orientated slot, right? So they drop Miss Bliss, they focus on the, the entire show on this, on the kids. And then basically just gave them three new friends that they apparently knew this entire time. So we don't even get an introduction to the new kids that were in at season two, which is Kelly Kapowski, Jesse Spano and AC Slater. So apparently Zach Morris had a little sister. Yes. I was reading about this in the research. Yeah. And I can't remember which of the two, cause sometimes I still get blurred, but I think he had divorced parents in season one, but it now his parents are together or it's the other way around. But in Save by the Bell, he doesn't have a sister. It's so weird because what they also did in syndication was take the original Good Morning Bliss and put it in the style of Saved by the Bell. So an unexpected person such as myself will press play on Hulu and it will appear to be Saved by the Bell, but it is really episodes of Good Morning Bliss repackaged. And a matter of fact, it says they made Mark Paul do intros in character as Zach Morris at the beginning of each title episode to make give it more of a connection. Yeah, so basically it was Saved by the Bell, the junior high years. Yes. <laughs> and because Zach Morris would narrate Break the Fourth Wall and talk to the audience. He then repackaged it and made these episodes as if they were flashbacks to his past. Which is a smart way, I believe, of doing it. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, there's definitely still a lot of continuity issues with this, but they did its best to just, I guess, give a little respect to Miss Bliss and what they attempted to do first but yeah now yeah so in good morning miss bliss zach had a sister and divorced parents so i was right and say by the bell yes his parents were together and he's the only child so that's what i remember i did watch miss bliss do i remember these episodes 
very well? Not really. And what I can say is that the show definitely didn't have this this high neon colorful palette. It was a very dark, like we are definitely on set type of show where they filmed in a classroom and then hit play and let you watch it. Like (laughs) Saved by the Bell is so glossied over. It's insane. So they completely changed it and they catered more to children, which it was probably the best thing that they could do. Oh, yeah, because I don't think this was Miss Bliss. It probably would not have the heels. Do you remember a show called Head of the Class? I used to love that show. Yeah, I I watched Head of the Class for sure. Teacher show could work if they did want to focus on the teacher. But with Head of the Class, it was really the students and you did have the teacher as well. It was a great blend. Well, I think it's because of the fact that they wanted this on Saturday morning for these kids to wake up and just have fun for two to three hours in the morning. So had this been prime time or like on after school, like with head of the class and Punky Brewster and all that, then that would make sense to keep the format. But this definitely catered to the Saturday morning kids. Most definitely. And the kids of that time period when it aired. So to get into the first original episode, which was entitled Dancing to the Max, which <laughs> which aired August 20th of 1989, which was basically a dance contest at the Max Diner. It really focused on <laughs> Zach wanting to basically what everything he wants to impress Kelly. Kelly is going to be dance partners with Slater and Jesse is teaching Zach dance moves. And we find out that Jessie does not want to do dancing anymore, even though she's amazing, because she feels that she is too tall and she has this really self-confidence issue that she's too tall for a male partner. Which is sad because I could totally see that being an issue for someone who's taller because, of course, we can never make things easy on people. Now, this is one of a few times that she definitely brings up her height when it comes to a guy that she is into or would like to date and um, I, I mean I remember that episode specifically like she hits on this guy who's sitting at a booth um, at, at the max and then they have this wonderful conversation they're really into each other and then it comes to yeah let's go out on a date and then when they both get up from the booth you find out that this dude sitting down the whole time is a shorty he is so short and so she had to find ways to deal with the fact that she could possibly dating a guy who is extremely shorter than her so her height definitely becomes a factor um, later in the series but in this one you know she is just constantly approached by people who are shorter than her and she just isn't feeling it so this was so funny about this original right so i'm watching it first of all the theme song i just want to say that i still love this song to this day it is one of my favorite theme songs it's super catchy they did exactly what they were supposed to do to get little kids to watch this and i was one of them i you know i live for this theme song it's so much fun and i still have it on a playlist or two on my phone so (laughs) i mean it's still up there but yeah with the start of this episode yes we're not really sure exactly how kelly and jesse and ac got there but at the time apparently kelly is just hot shit and we're supposed to love her and all the boys want her but you've got two guys here's the thing kelly acts like she's so like i don't i like i don't think these boys like me 
she is totally playing them both. She's got both of them in the palm of her hands, and she is playing them both, just messing with their feelings. She knows that these two boys like her, and she will not choose. Like, come mm-hmm. on, Zach, are you going to She's like- waiting for them to impress her. Yeah. <laughs> like- we don't exactly. get to see her dancing, but apparently she's good enough that they both want to be with her. And so it's just like, yeah, Zach, are you going to dance for me so you can, you know, tell me? I need a partner, like, right now so we can practice. So dance, show me what you got. And I'm like, Kelly, you know this man likes you. Like, stop. Why are you doing this to them? I just find that to be so funny. But I don't know. There was something about Kelly in this first episode that just was off. Did you... I don't know. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah. There's something off about her. And this is a compliment because I actually like her character and she comes into her own. But this first episode, she just seemed yeah. off to me. Not, I mean, maybe she wasn't so over the top pretty girl mentality, but yeah, she definitely wasn't the character that we're used to. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't categorize her as somebody who's like, oh, I'm pretty, so I'm dumb or anything like that. Or, right, or right, superficial. Right. Like, none of that came out. There was just no depth or character no behind depth. what she was Perfect. doing. Yeah, it, it was no just depth. it was just weird. And Jesse stood out so much in this episode. Yeah, yeah. And I loved it. Um, unfortunately, Lisa, the only reason she's on the show is just to tell Geeky Screech to go away. I mean, she just had nothing but hate in her heart the whole time. That, and at the end, when she comes in and they do their dance together. So that's the other plot, that Screech is in love with Lisa. Lisa Lisa Turtle, my personal favorite. (laughs) She already has been asked to the dance by somebody else and Screech is upset, but Lisa breaks her leg at one point. I mean, this is jumping ahead, but this is, so she breaks her leg at one point and her date wants to win the dancing contest. So he dumps Lisa, but Lisa is in luck because Screech is still waiting for her in the wings. Can you believe this asshole had a backup the whole time? He was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go with my backup, Heather, or whatever her name was. And I was they like, asshole. I mean, my God, though, they this is serious business. In the, like, this contest, yeah. backups are involved. You're right, Rob. I was like, what? Yeah, total crazy. I just thought that was, yeah, I just thought that was funny. But yeah, she kind of, and but don't you love how the gang stands up for her? Like, Zach and Slater was about to go down. I am and, happy. Like, throw, I, am I mean, happy. yeah. That was really cool. I love how tight they are. They were definitely a tight knit group. Just to point out, Zach dancing, by the way. So they, so Zach and Jesse get together. Just so Jesse can teach Zach how to dance and impress Kelly, right? And I always like Jesse and Zach's relationship that they have that open window, literally. Yeah, it's very Clarissa. It's very Clarissa yes, for sure. Yes. Hi, Sam. Yes, exactly. And, you know, Jesse's like, show me some moves. Let me know what you can do. And, like, him trying to dance was adorable as hell. But he clearly could not dance. I was embarrassed for him. Yeah, Zach is just a schemer. Like, not in a bad, well, kind of in a bad way. But in this particular episode, he just wants to impress the girl. He, You know, you're a man. You don't admit to your flaws and all that good stuff. And so that's what he does, right? You know, Slater is already, you know, dancing. He already knows what he's doing. And can anybody dance like this? It's so funny. But, like, so during their first lesson you know they're dancing and jesse's doing her moves and i love she's like yeah this is a move that i created woman you didn't create no damn dance like i just love how not she even it was she, even that impressive either honestly yeah, she didn't have a name for it i was like what are you gonna call it i just thought it was funny but she could definitely <laughs> dance right so 
One of the things that I wanted to bring up is, you know, Zach and, and Jesse, they do have a really nice relationship. Usually you don't see pairings of male and females being best friends without no. any indication of like possibly dating. Yes. But while they were practicing, you noticed her door was shut. And like, I don't know if parents were even home at the time. Maybe they were still at work, but they were basically have been friends long enough to where parents are totally cool with this boy being in her room like that. I just thought that was so interesting. I noticed the same exact thing. That, and not only that, and he's hanging out on her bed. It's not an issue. Like, he's I got feel like some parents off. have a there's, bed. Yes. There's music playing loud. Like, anytime you hear loud music, you know what's going on. I mean, well, seriously. if it was coming from high school Ryan's, it would be Ice Club 7 singing badly on top of his lungs. So. <laughs> there are but, those rare. But nothing wrong with that. I just think it's a really interesting way to kind of introduce their friendship. Like, they are in no, no worries to... To like be doing anything did you ever have that no, issue like no, you were a because male here's the thing when you're younger these parents know they knew you were gay they knew i was gay there was no worry now did they talk about it to my face no you know i'm sure the parents in one or two conversations was like hmm i wonder what's going on but at the end of the day they knew they knew so yeah i had i had a lot of girlfriends growing up and yeah none of them was worried i did sleepovers all the time <laughs> No, seriously, I did sleepovers all the time. Like it, Yo, was, it was not I a love thing. That. It was not a thing. So, so you was, were you were Jesse and you were Zach. Basically, you had yeah, yeah, yeah. It was no big deal. And I obviously didn't think of it that way because even though I didn't know I was gay, I didn't look at them that way either. Right? right yeah, they were literally right. just my friends, so it wasn't worried about that at all. But in general, really, it's true. It's like that stigma that just because you're male and female, something automatically has to happen. I guess it's a story as old as time. Yeah, yeah. Well, so back to Jesse's plot. So it turns out that as of today, she's 5'10". And who knows if she could have been even shorter when she filmed this back in 89. And so you're wondering, it's like, I know that people look taller when they're being filmed, but you got to wonder the height of most of these actors on this show for her to be the tall one. Because 5'10 is actually, it's tall, but it's not that tall. So I was just like, wow, how tall were these other actors? I think it might have to do, yeah, more like, Mark Paul was shorter, maybe. And yeah, yeah, it's more on the men. And of course, at the time, it was probably to make sure they look taller because they were men and males, you know. the. So at the at the dance contest, we get, you know, we start out strong, right? We got to really <laughs> let them know that this show is here to stay and we're going to do some zany, wacky stuff. And what do they do? They bring in Casey Kasem. <laughs> uh, I mean, what? Especially at the time. And he looked amazing still. He was fantastic in this episode. Talk about he was that host. He was that host, right? He did American Bandstand back in the day. And for anybody that doesn't know what that is, look that up. It is crazy. It was just 30 minutes of sharing the latest in music and having people dance to it. That's all it was. And he was the host of it. Have you heard those channels, Rob, where they actually will still do the broadcast from back in the day? Like, they'll pick a weekend. Let's say it was the weekend of December, January of 1985, and they'll play his countdown. 
There's oh, some nice. stations no. that will do that still, which That's I think is such a cool. cool thing to hear. But Casey Kasem is awesome. He's also a voice in the Scooby-Doo gang. So, yes! like, this man is known throughout all through 80s and 90s. And I love him in this episode. I thought he was vibrant and fun. He just knew how to, like, get a laugh. He was good with the punchlines. I loved all of it, right? So, yeah, they have the dance contest and then, you know, Slater and Kelly do theirs, which was so screaming dirty dancing, especially with like, like their outfits. Too. Well, Slater had that Swayze hair and I was just like the way it was flapping around when he was dancing <laughs> with her. I just thought it was so funny. Then we get to Jesse and Zach's. I love their preppy outfits that they chose to match. But here's the thing. Their routine was nowhere as good as the routine in their bedroom why didn't they do the the routine they did in the bedroom i was like this routine is not that great what happened i know and the whole thing was at the end zach decided to do the right thing kelly was gonna pick him and he said no i'll go with jesse because of jesse which he ended up doing the right thing but you're right he didn't bring those moves like it would have been great to show what he learned but he still decided to go with jesse <laughs> this was actually really good so everybody knows that when you look back on this older series that zach morris is a horrible horrible person i mean let's just jump one more episode ahead and lisa gets a credit card she spends way too much <laughs> they do everything they can to help her gain earn the money back to pay back the card. One of the things that Zach does is pimp out Lisa to all of the boys who would like to kiss her. Oh God, yes. This was disgusting. I couldn't believe it. And Zach didn't even warn Lisa. These dudes would literally come up to her and kiss her without consent. It was the most disturbing thing. And then he would hold up a sign and was like, we just got money for that. Like you are literally oh pimping God. her out selling her lingerie like it's it was insane oh i forgot about that. yeah it was insane but back to this episode zach literally was the sweetest boy ever yeah like, i thought he was so likable on this him episode choosing not to dance with kelly was in like i did not expect that at all i completely forgot that he genuinely was like you know what go with slater i'm going with jesse she wants a partner she wants to be in the contest we are good at dancing together i'm good i and love that. yes yes and the fact that a he picked his friend yes and b again when he did it didn't make it into a romance in any way that's but another man, thing when they were practicing i expected them to kiss so much i was just like you guys look so good together. Why is this not happening? But right. it didn't. And that's okay. Right? Alternative reality. Who knew? Who so knows? giving you Miss sort Bliss. of. An, <laughs> <laughs> but sort of giving you an overview of what the old Saved by the Bell is. You know, this is not really a good example. To be honest, this pilot actually showed a lot of stuff that didn't transpire throughout most of the remaining of the show. Like Zach was a gentleman and I love and I really liked it. I really liked it. But obviously things change as the show goes on. So what did you think about like the jokes and the punchlines? Like was any of it like any super cheesy to you or just like oh it was totally cheesy but that's what makes it 
fantastic. It wasn't cringeworthy as I thought it was going to be. No, I actually no. made it through this pilot with like a smile on my face. It just wasn't like, oh my god, I like this. I think later in the series I'll probably say that. But this pilot of this second season actually wasn't bad. No, not at all. And what did you think uh, character-wise? Like, would you have liked to have seen the characters progress as they were on this pilot or like almost like a Kelly? Like you said, at least she developed into something more. Zach, <laughs> I guess, developed in another way. Mm-hmm. But um, would you have preferred the show Zach being this sweetheart of a character and possibly with Jesse or well, are I you mean, happy of what we have, what we have I mean, when you throughout- think of Dave by the Bell? Throughout the series, they definitely explored a lot of opportunities between all of the characters to kind of like, what if, what if they hooked up? What if they got together? You know, I've always had Jesse and Slater as Endgame. I actually thought they were a better pairing than Slater and Kelly. It just didn't. Yeah. And the show kind of drove that outline for us too. But AC Slater is just a little bit of a egomaniac that he needed somebody like Jesse to put him in his place. And I think, I think Slater likes that. I think he likes that sort of dominating sort of personality with Jesse. Not to say anything bad about Kelly or Zach, but they're clearly made for each other. They just mesh well together and they complement each other in their own way. But I, Jesse and Slater, I think stood out as a couple than Kelly and Zach did for me. As far as the characters, I'm okay with Zach being who he was. I mean, for somebody to narrate and guide the show, he needed to be that scheming antics type of guy in order for the show to be interesting. So they had no choice but to do it that way. But seeing him as the sweet guy was really sweet. But I, you know, there's a lot of opportunities where, you know, Kelly was the bad person when she cheated on him. Yes. And then, oh, yeah. Yes. And then like Zach, and Lisa, like, I don't know what that was. Like, here's the thing. If this was a soap opera and this shit was daily and they, you know, like, yes, explore it. But like, you knew that your best friend is in love with this girl, even though he would never right. get her. The fact that you went there and you still didn't even date, it just shows a lack of respect that you have. Like, you're just so in the moment and he just does whatever he wants. I thought it was super cute to see a black girl and a, you know, and a white person be together because you don't see that often. So it was nice to explore. But at the same time, at the expense of Screech, I thought it was fucked up. Well, yeah, because Screech has this unrequited love for Lisa. Okay, so what do you feel about Dustin Diamond and Screech? I mean, there was a point, I feel like, for people that they were Screech reached out and then I guess Dustin Diamond's personal life kind of meshed with that. Uh, did you do you find Screech so annoying that people find him as this? I think I, I don't know how it is now, but I remember back in the day when you like he might have been a very annoying character for some people. Okay, so here's my thought on Screech Powers. Now I am a huge, huge stand for Family Manners, and that was my family. That was my show growing up. Steve Urkel is also another sort of annoying geeky character that was created for that particular sort of goofball physical comedy shenanigans right the portrayal and the respect and i will use literal word respect that they gave steve urkel and family manners does not hold up in say by the bell with screech powers they completely they didn't give him 
anything to stand on. He was a total bitch boy to Zach. He constantly was berated for his acquired love for Lisa. Lisa turned him down so many times. Yes, every now and then she would give him respect, but he honestly had no respect for himself. I mean, there was a lot that they could have done with Screech. They could have easily had him glow up. I'll even go even further because I watch all of these stupid, crazy, like, (laughs) kid shows. There's Minkus and Farkle in the Boy Meets World, Girl Meets World series, even they glowed up a little bit and they owned their shit. Minkus was so proud to be smart. He didn't give a crap with anybody thought and he played into his geekiness and his weirdness and whatever. Topanga, same thing. And then in the new series, they had- Topanga was the perfect example of embracing your uniqueness. Exactly. And then in the new series, Girl Meets World, Farkle, there was the same thing. He embraced his geekiness. They treated Scream as somebody that needed to be stepped on. Now, until he met Tori Spelling and they hooked up, that is when he started to come up. But leading up to that, they treated geeks and nerds to be the lowest of the totem pole, just a waste. And they, you know, they were literally the butt of the story. They were not meant to be cool or gain any kind of powers. And, and that is to the writers. I hate that Dustin Diamond had to endure that type of character development because it went into his career. And he was not a respected actor because he was typecast to be this loser. Nobody wants to watch Screech Powers in another film. Everybody else had an opportunity to get the girl, to be cool, to have a moment. And yes, Screech is endearing, but at the same time, he wasn't cool like the rest of them. And yes, he was part of the group, but there, there was just a lot lacking with the development of his character. Well, I do think, I feel like Urkel was just maybe a more beloved character too. Like Urkel is just, I don't know why, he's, he's just on a, another no, level. Urkel is a stalker. He's a stalker. He's a heavy stalker. But he- It's love, it's love. He had like heavy, heavy morals. He always was about this family and he stood up for anybody that pushed Carl, any of them his around. His relationship with Carl, it I was, always no, there No, that's on another level and maybe another episode, but <laughs> it was not the same treatment that- screech got and it's a it's sad it's sad that he didn't get developed in that way doesn't this make you crazy though like like a thing about leave it to beaver that after leave it to beaver ended they couldn't think of the kids as other characters like maybe because we're in this new generation but we grew up in this generation where you were typecast as somebody and then they could never cast you on anything anymore it's so insane to me yeah because actors are actors for a reason you could play different characters it makes no no sense to me that Dustin Diamond had to be typecasted like that. The fact that he couldn't play another character. Yeah. It's like Paulie Shore or something. I don't know. It's like weird. Like you can't play other characters. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. I mean, they're cool for one thing and they just don't get to, you know, be diverse in, in other things. So it's, it's, it sucks, you know? It's, so it really does suck. All right. So Ryan, now I want you to give me sort of a list of like all the episodes from the original series that you like. Okay, time out. (laughs) I love talking to Rob about these things, but it's almost 40 minutes now, and we still didn't even talk about the new one yet. (sighs) Time back in. So, Rob, what do you think about us doing a whole Saved by the Bell extravaganza down the line and jumping into the new Saved by the Bell? All right. Nope. That sounds good. Perfect. So 
30 years later, we are returning with Saved by the Bell. Now, I have some things that I'd like to get to, but let's first just sum up what the new Saved by the Bell is. So, the series centers around a new group of Bayside High students from overprivileged and working class families, along with the latter, which were transferred to the school as part of a plan by now California Governor Zach Morris, whose administration experiences controversy for closing too many low-income high schools to send lower-income students to the highest-performing schools in the state. And that is how we start this new Save by the Bell. Again, 30 years later. Robert. <laughs> All right, so Zach Morris is governor. Hilarious, right? And the way that he even got into politics is so Zach Morris. It's so Saved by the Bell. It's so perfect. Just so he can avoid paying a parking ticket is how he got into office. Like, that is literally what Saved by the Bell is. The smallest thing that he tries to scheme out of turns into this big, giant event and moment that is blown out of proportion for no reason, just so he can have the minimalist thing in the world. And so he ends up governor. And I love it because they start the show off with a montage of a commercial being put together to talk about Zach Morris. And during this montage, he talks about how he worked in Malibu and that he also was a successful lawyer. And I I love this because the footage is from a different show that he was on on TNT called Franklin and Bash that also starred Breck and Meyer. And let me tell you, the two of them together was gold. I loved, loved Franklin and Bash so much. I believe this show lasted two to three seasons and oh, it was wow. just them doing cases on their own but they always worked together and it was so good and the literal footage that they showed was from the show and I loved that um, so I just had to bring that up that he brought his show into the mix and I just thought that was great and seeing Kelly as first lady was awesome but what were your thoughts when you heard about this new show like we've gotten all these rebooted shows charmed already fucked us over like are we going to accept oh, a new say by the bell to come in? Is there a way for them to do it for today's audience? What do you think? What were your thoughts when you heard about this? Okay, so I don't know if you had similar thoughts, Rob, but the new 90210 that was just on, a matter of fact, with Great the example. original cast. Yes. I was wondering if they were going to go more into that kind of reality where it's them playing themselves. Like, there's so many ways you could do reboots nowadays. A very, like, a, a self-aware reboot, which is what this, I feel like, is very meta. You could do the also meta, but you're playing, the characters are playing themselves in a new reboot of a show. Or you could do the whole, like, recasting the characters completely kind of thing. So... I was happy that the original cast was coming back and it seemed like it was, you know, a straight up reboot where continuation per se. But from the beginning, when I heard that you weren't bringing back <laughs> Lark Voorhees as Lisa. Now, and I could understand more with Dustin Diamond. He has more controversy surrounding him. 
But I feel like when you start bringing back parts of the cast and you don't bring back the whole entire thing, that's my first thing. Like, I was excited, but at the same time, it was a letdown. I'll even pass over Screech, but to me, Screech is love it or hate it. You think of Saved by the Bell, you think of Screech. I understand. Lisa, to me, was such a big part of the original as well. That it's like a celebration that the cast is back together, but also a sadness that it's not the complete cast. No, I I totally understand that. And hopefully within this first season, they need to kind of set some roots with the new cast and maybe they will have more opportunity if the show is successful to bring in Lisa and Screech uh, because they're not involved with the school. So I guess there's no reason to have them in if not just for a fun nostalgic cameo. So, you know, we'll we'll see where she ends up in the series because I did read that she will be a part of it if not for just an episode. But today we're just talking about the pilot and I will say that when I first heard about this and of course seeing a trailer I thought it was very interesting but they focus right. more on the older right. cast and what their involvement is so we didn't really get to see a lot of what the actual kids will be doing together in fact the actress who sort of narrates and leads us through um, has Kiri Velasquez like she plays Daisy And she is the central focus of this show. I didn't know that until I saw a poster. I had no idea that she was going to be the lead, let alone the one leading us through this show. And I don't know if that was a good or bad thing, but I thought this was going to be more focused on Slater being the athletic director, Jesse being the the counselor and their shenanigans with the kids. Right. So I'm watching this series, this pilot, and I got to say it was weird. Like I didn't know what it was that I was watching at first. And I thought it was just like you said, 90210, them mocking themselves playing like a reboot, you know, like, when they first went to Bayside, That's I thought they exactly were on what it set like. and they were reenacting. And I was because it was just the tone and the way that the jokes were being carried out. I was like, are they on a set? Is this a movie? I didn't know what was going on. And then so I was watching with a friend of mine. And so I want to tell you, um, Radicals, that you can go into this pilot with this in mind. Anybody who has seen the film, The Brady Bunch, which is based on the TV show, this is a perfect example on how you should go into <laughs> this show literally plays on the antics and the the comic relief on how the brady bunch was based and that and that being said is that the brady bunch were from the 70s and their lives literally stuck in that decade even though the movie took place in the 90s. So they did not adapt to times. That is what Bayside is. Bayside is basically stuck, not necessarily in the 90s, but in the same sort of comic and tone that inspirational speeches makes you believe you can do anything you want. All of the schemes that Zach pulls off can still be done at Bayside. You can still lock a principal in a in a locker and nothing will come of it. Like the problems and the scheming and all of that stuff is now. But people who live in 2020 don't understand what what's going on. Why are they acting like this? What is going on? So it's like Bayside is a time capsule and everyone in it is privileged, rich, white mostly, but they also are in their own world, right? And so it's just like that movie. And I think that that is such a brilliant way to bring this show back because it mocks the series, makes fun of it, but it also 
still captures the, I guess, quote unquote, magic that the first series had. So you're tackling a lot of the issues, if not ways that the show was back in the day and how it relates to kids today. And I think that is brilliant. And it, and to me, it works. I think this works. What do you think? Rob, literally, you stole the words. What The top note was the Brady Bunch movie. That is the perfect analysis. I feel like that's what they took as a baseline for this exact. Like Rob said, not the 70s. Now this is stuck in the 90s. And the people that are outside of the school are the modern people going like, like the Brady's were like happy go luck. They left their property and they were being, you know, shit thrown at them and stuff like that it's totally yeah, yeah exactly the tone i think and i only saw one episode i want to say like i did the one pilot that's all that i had at the time on the peacock network so i can't go by the whole series i'd be interested to see past the pilot how the show evolves because i do think rob is correct in saying that this is the best way and do it but at the same time i feel like i don't know if this will reach audiences because I feel like it's going to be a weird combo of I don't see this crossing over in the sense that there's going to be a magic formula that original fans and these newer fans are going to enjoy this because I don't know why they showed more of the old characters to get the old fan base back and I think that probably didn't help with their marketing because you want to see that it oh it is a new generation of kids because you're coming on to this thinking this is going to be a straight up like Rob was saying like oh they're working in the school and like maybe the kids are like the back characters like just to move their plot along but no it's actually the opposite and there's things I really enjoy about it and there's things that are I don't know I don't know what are things that you enjoyed the most so I mean I don't want to like recap the whole episode or anything but I'll, I'll just say a couple of apart so when we first see Bayside and we see you know the kids for the first time we have Mac Morris who is the son of Zach and Kelly and then we also have Jamie who is the son of Jesse Spano however we do not get to meet her husband who we are assuming is Jamie's baby daddy I personally think it is a love child of Slater's and he just doesn't know yet because Jamie looks so much like Mario Lopez I don't know if they did that on purpose or if jesse has a type but it uh, no honestly he looks just like ac slater so i am going to predict that they but i don't know if this show would really go there it just really looked like them but in this series they are not together they just work together and they're still friends and they're still aware that you know they used to have history and all that jazz and and yeah they still have a good relationship um so mac morris is sort of a popular kid we are assuming in the school he's well known but is he popular i don't know the first thing we see is he's asking these two girls to go skinny dipping because he flooded the gym you know these girls didn't do it and they didn't like oh we'll meet you there so we don't know if he's actually that popular with women i just know that he just is very full of himself and he is rich and he you know is happy and all that good stuff but one of his best friends is this girl named lexi who is played by josie tota who is amazing she is mostly familiar from glee i think she was in the latest season of glee and also also had a television show called Champions, which did not do very well, unfortunately. It was only one season, but it was this little boy who was a child actor, and I think he had two male guardians who parent him, but... Anyways, um, I love Lexi in this, and what I think is great about these new cast of kids is that, yes, it's a reboot, 
but they did not try and recreate these characters in the old cast's image. We didn't get a Kelly Kapowski. We didn't get a Jesse Spano or an AC Slater. Yes, we did get an athletic person. We did get a, a person who's super smart. We also got, you know, a replica of Zach Morris, of course. But at the same time, the kids were sort of in these characters that didn't match like the old school. So for instance, Jamie is the jock, but he's sort of like, I guess the dumb one. And Slater wasn't dumb, you know? And then you have Lexi, who is a popular cheerleader, but she's trans and they are aware of this and they love her. And then then you have the the new kids come in and there's this girl, Aisha, yeah. who is the jock of the group. Like she's the athletic one. She loves to play sports and she's known to be on sports teams. That's one thing that they got right was that they didn't like literally do carbon copies of the characters. A hundred percent. That would have failed right? totally. Yes. Although I feel like this would have been a yeah. way to introduce a screech child and and flip that narrative that look oh he ended up having a wonderful life his son is now popular like you know what i mean like they could have done something even a nod to screech that's like uh, i feel like that's a missed opportunity because they are throw they are flipping stereotypes on their head but this is okay so this is the weird part for me i never viewed the high school as this like like they're doing it in this thing like it is like this that glossy it's over the top, basically. Everyone there is wealthy. And I never got that with the original one. I never felt like these kids were like... And if it is... The, I mean, I guess it's the same school. I guess schools could eventually, you know, carry on and get better. But I never got the... Well... That this was a privileged school. No, no. I, I totally get that. I think that it's very normal to have that sort of, like, thought process. Because it doesn't really blend into the old series. But you have to also look at it for today. What are we talking about today? Rich and poor. 1% versus the rest. You know, like, this school is so far removed in their own reality on the things that they can always get away with. And that does include privilege. It comes from these rich kids. And the way that you are going to stand out from new kids coming into a world that they don't understand, that is a big, vast difference of what's going on today. So I think it makes sense that they are sort of in a school now that is just so completely for this upper class of, you know, citizens and students. I mean, just look at the (laughs) PTA conference that they had, you know, finding out that these inner city kids are going to come to the school. They were all freaked out. They were like, we don't know these kids. They could be thugs and murderers for all we know. And we got to keep an eye on them, even though they embezzle money and they like do all of this other stuff. So, I mean, I I think something like that kind of makes sense, but then it's also just the naive of how the real world works because Mac and Lexi are just so rich they don't understand what it's like to just really work hard for what they get so in the first episode they want a parking space right and they're fighting over it and then they find out that whoever is class president gets their own parking space so now it's like well we gotta be class president now because i want a parking space but the new girl daisy wants to do it for all the right reasons so there's the scheming that goes on i do love the she has a it's a homage to the original series when she pulls out her cell phone from her mother now i love it because it's even the joke that's involved with it but in i know you have to you have to subdue reality with these things but i don't even think 
these cell phones would even work nowadays still. But what was it her mother doesn't want her to send nude pictures? <laughs> yeah, so basically smartphones are forbidden in their house because you're basically just going to use it to send nudie pictures to everyone. And so she's never allowed to have it. But okay, so when they're going to the max and, you know, like and the whole, the first of all, the max looks exactly the same. And I love that for it. Even yes, um, Alonzo yes. came back at Alonzo was in the first series. I love that he was integrated into this. Here's the thing back in the day. Here's one of the jokes that they did that I thought was hilarious is that for some reason, these high school kids were so impressed with magic that they loved going to the max and watching this guy do magic all the time. And so as these kids are showing the new kids around, you know, they're all sitting at that exact table and they're having lunch or whatever. And, you know, Max comes over and does magic. And then you just hear Mac. He was like, God, I love magic. And I was just like, who would yep, say that? By the Only bell. somebody from an older series. So, I mean, they're taking a lot of the ridiculousness of the first series and embedding it into this. I just think it's funny. I don't know if you caught this. So Daisy was really sad that she obviously has a, she doesn't have the upper hand to try and keep up with these rich kids, not be able to afford well, an that iPad. That was ridiculous. I would not want, th- if that's school nowadays, I would not want all my books on an iPad. That is terrible. Yeah, so she's really sad about it. And then Matt comes over and he was like, hey, buddy what's going on you seem down and then she he goes do you want to have a dance contest and work it out and i was like this yeah, is a total nod so to the smart. first episode that we got because that's what you do with problems you have some big it's you know, big event to like work through your issues. It, it, it was just so funny. So it's just like little stuff like that. And then of course, just the whole difference between, you know, their class, you know, they go to Every the max. Day. It's like, this is where we eat. You know, after school, sometimes before and during, he goes, you guys go to a full-blown restaurant while at school? Isn't that expensive? And Matt goes, yeah, (laughs) it is. Oh, look, here's the gang. And it's like, it's so normal for them to just be like, we have money, who cares? Um, One of the other things that I really enjoyed about this was the interactions between Slater and Jesse. I think that they definitely embody the characters that they were before, but they're also relying on a lot of the ways that they handled their issues from the original series to work with the new kids. Which made me feel so series. old. And yes, yes, this could potentially make you feel super old for sure. There's a scene when <laughs> Slater is trying to talk to one of the newer students, which I want to tell you, Devante, Rob, yes. I don't know if this is my, I just have these weird like psychic premonitions to like a short term thing I'm watching, like the craft i knew as soon as that kid looked at the board he was trying out for the musical i don't know if i knew as soon as it happened i said he's going for the musical because i'm i don't know what it is it literally hit my head i think it's because and this this is what i feel like a lot of shows try to do all at once they throw so much current now into things that it's so easy to guess like i knew the villain was going to be the father the male on that craft reboot i knew that they're going to flip the script on and i love that he's actually not a football player and wants to try out for the music but i knew it was that because i feel like because everything is so like i don't know how to even describe it everything is so like whoa yeah they're they're definitely tackling stereotypes in this and he is a very integral and important part to the series i think because of how different he is you know he comes off as a loaf you know he doesn't give a shit about school and you know he doesn't care but yes he's this black guy so you just assume he's into you know so slater 
decides to embed him into the team. He's like, you're new here. You could use the team and a bunch of players to be your friends and blah, blah, blah. And no, that's not what it is. And yeah, you want to know feeling old when, so he, so this was actually the second time they actually talked with, talked together. So Devante's sitting in the lunchroom and Slater approaches and he takes the chair and he turns it backwards to sit in. And he goes, did you just flip your chair backwards to talk to me? Wow. I didn't think I would ever see that in my lifetime. And I was just like, oh my God. Oh my God. That is what happened back in the day. So we are like soul. But Slater tried to use sort of his reason and how stuff was handled when he went to school there in this and it didn't work you have to approach it in a different way and so they're in they're intertwining the ridiculousness of the old into a new set of viewers that are literally looking at an old show like this and being like what the hell and i i don't know i just find that to be super smart now i can't go into full detail i'm trying to remember because I ended up watching four episodes, right? And they get better, Ryan. Oh, good. They do get better. I think for me, I think they do. But it's the same thing that you're kind of seeing here is that they're still tackling a lot of things, not rehashing plots from the original series, but they're putting themselves in these situations that they would do. And then you have Daisy sort of just pointing out how ridiculous this is. So in one of the episodes, we find that Jamie and Mac are going after. First of all, I'm sorry, I just a little bit of a tangent. I love that Mac is so androgynous. Yes. I really love that. We don't know you know, if they're going to play with the sexuality at all, but he is just such a metrosexual. It's insane. And I love it. I think he looks great. And I just love his character and that he has a little bit of this like non-masculinity in him. It, I just, I don't know. I love it. Do you see that? And this is not has anything to do with the characters or anything. I felt like they put so much makeup on this cast. I don't know. Yes. And no, even the older cast, the younger cast, They there was a scene when they first showed Matt. He had so much makeup on. I was like, my. Gloss lips, like everything. God. Was so, yeah. And the way they filmed, you know, high def now, it looks so weird. I mean, I know everyone wears stage yeah. makeup, but they need to like blend those things yeah. a little. No, I, I, I love it. But yeah, so like in one episode, they have Jamie and Mac fighting over the same girl. And of course, the girl just has no brain, no personality because she's a prize, right? And we're seeing them fight over this girl. But Daisy notices that this girl clearly isn't interested in either of them, but they still feel that they need to go through this like, well, let's have a dance off or let's like, let's let, you know, let's have some kind of contest to win her, her honor and blah, blah, blah. And Daisy's like, all you have to do is just go up to her and ask her who she likes better. That's it. That's all you have to do. Right. And so Lexi that makes sense. is like, don't fuck with the original. Don't mess with the process. This is how we do things in the quote unquote old series. And she warns her, Daisy, don't do anything. Just let it go. And she had her own personal reasons for doing it also. But at the same time, Daisy doesn't know everything. Everything is not cut and dry. Everything cannot just be solved the way that we would do things today like there is a process and it, again it's just more of this this sort of attention to detail that this old series had a big impact on how people handled things in school one thing that i also want to bring up is the principle now we do not get belding back in this and this principle is in no way connected to mr belding as far as we know so i like that they just went to a completely different person and just had him be yes. the principal yes. who is 
super aware that Mac Morris is this troublemaking goon and that he just has to roll with the punches. And that's mostly because his father's the governor, right? So it's yes. Principal yes. Ronald Todman, who is played by John Michael Higgins. Now, you may not know him from the name, but I swear to God, if you look him up, you will have seen him in something. He is everything. He plays in everything. He is a very funny and well-acted actor. And I just think he is brilliant and perfect for this role. And so I'm so glad to see him attached to this. And I think he's hilarious. He seems very likable in the one pilot episode that I yes. did watch. Likable. And he had a um, an openness to all of the new students. Thankfully. Yes, yes, yes. Um, another cameo that I do want to point out is when Daisy went to go get her um, posters made, she needed to blow up her picture. She come across the clerk in this sort of like Kinko's like store. And it is laid yeah. by none other than Daryl Stevens, who is a well-known gay actor who is known for his title role Noah's Ark and I love seeing Daryl Stevens in this I'm glad that he's still acting and I wish he would do more work wow. it's so random I didn't even know he was it's so random but I just loved seeing him in it and uh yeah hopefully we run into him again she had to pay for it and basically she didn't have enough money and she was like do you want $21 or do you oh no she he was like 20 yeah, it was 21, 21 right? or something, <laughs> and she was like all I have is a 10 and without saying a word he grabs her pictures and is about to rip them I was like <laughs> oh my off. god that is so messed up but it was it was cute it was cute and the woman behind her because she th she's with her little brother and she thinks she's a single mother she's like give it to her she's a yeah. single mother now i know i know you love this though ryan how when Devonte went in for the musical and the song that he chose to sing for his audition oh I know you loved it. After I, I after I congratulated myself that yes, I got it right. He was auditioning for the musical. He pulls out a Whitney. Yes, he sings Whitney in his audition. I know you love her. He is singing Whitney Houston. That I did mm -hmm. love. I really loved it, and I loved that it was a male version of the song. So I am totally for him. But this is when I was sad that we got no Lisa. Cam I know it's coming. I know it's coming. But I wanted to see her thrown in there somewhere even like a skype call or something like to one of the girls just to show that you want to believe that these characters if anything have stayed friends i feel like that's the thing even if it's not true in real life you know what i mean like you want to believe that they all stay together and it seems like yes the majority are thankfully but i feel like that, that's what a missed opportunity just to even have her on a, a call like oh guess what work it's the first day of the new school year and well hopefully lisa it's and not necessarily due to the writing but more of a scheduling conflict maybe lisa doesn't really want to be too attached to this project you know we we're not exactly sure what's happening well, that's what really makes me this upset because seeing that like i had watched this clip of on dr oz about lark Voorhees wanting to do this so badly and at the uh, time they didn't ask okay. her to do it she wanted to and she does have a mental illness people back thought back in the day it might have been drugs it was not drugs it, she has a mental illness basically from what i can describe it is she has competing voices in her head and she has to be the voice that comes out it's almost like i guess picture like you're you're reading something and it, you, you have to be the first person to speak so it is hard for her to talk in some ways but she has a psychologist and she said she's able to read scripts and she's able to do it fine and she said it would she was so emotional about it that's what i think upset me most and i feel like the only reason they asked her back to do a cameo was because of this dr oz thing
something and he was saying like you know your cast members haven't reached out to you I think it was almost like a almost like the gem reboot movie at the end when they just go oh let's just throw this in just to wink at the fans and maybe we should have done a little it bit of damage control I understand that I didn't know that about her past that that's um that's that's really interesting to hear and yeah I mean we'll see exactly how it plays out in the series so um no that's that's really good to know so Ryan overall what do you think sort of just sort of how this has been rebooted like would you have appreciated it more if they just kept it very sitcom like they did in the in the 90s or do you like this new format of this meta like mentality I think it's a great question because oh, by the way we didn't even touch on the theme song I didn't like it yeah the re- I didn't need it to sound like the original but if when you're gonna remix it that way it, it just was not catchy enough I'm not gonna be singing along to it it was weird but maybe that was the whole point too I don't know it just wasn't catchy to me so I feel like if any like from what I've been seeing I think that's what's standing out to people the most because I think like we were just saying earlier the, the theme song is so mm-hmm. catchy and if you're gonna use the same words and there's a way to remix a song and modernize it without it's just like the tone was ch- it did not sound like the same yeah. song it was yeah you want to you want to get up I'm on sure your they feet. have their reasons but besides that, I, yeah but for me it wasn't really something I was like eh, yeah but I will say I guess in the year 2020 there's only the original wouldn't work I guess without being in on the joke I wouldn't want a laugh track I feel like laugh tracks are so old school now too but there are modern sitcoms like currently on right now like the Goldbergs are still on um, the middle from a few years ago with Patricia Heat and there's like sitcoms but they don't have the laugh track but you can still get that sitcom well, so feel Will and Grace came back and they still had a laugh track that still worked but I think that is Will and Grace is the laugh track that yes. Will and Grace is, is one of those shows that can get away with it no matter where they were if they didn't have the laugh track I don't think it would have worked because they also did because right, it's almost like a picked up yeah. timelessly yeah. like it yeah but I think too the way things are filmed nowadays it's just a stark difference between those neon colors of the 90s and what we have now so yeah I'm not sure what I wanted I didn't downright hate this at all by any means I want to see more to form my opinion better. But I, I just say there are, I feel like it's so hard to reboot things. You got to get it right. You got it. And I guess it will never please most people. Mm-hmm. But what do you think? Well, you after think? watching multiple episodes afterwards, you know, I, I got up to four and I believe there is 10 in the first season. Oh, okay. I actually enjoyed what I continued to see. I think we got more development into these characters. All of them got a good fair share okay. of screen time and these I, I think all of these characters are likable and even the inner city kids they're not necessarily like 100% like perfect either they will come into a lot of conflicts and making bad decisions on their own it's not just oh let's just poke fun at the rich and you know white that are just killing it or whatever you know like Daisy sometimes will make mistakes too that I've noticed and again they are still poking fun and, and of the original and just having a laugh with that so like I said said I, I believe it gets better and I was laughing out loud a lot more as the series went by and I think by the end of the season I, I will probably be obsessed with the show to be honest so I, I recommend it I, I think it is worth checking out I think it's worth watching I think anybody who was a fan of the Saved by the Bell series can watch this and then just say you know what I look at the old series now and it is super cheesy this show understands that I'm not alone in that I think you can have a great time watching 
watching a 22 minute show about you know childhood memories so i say give it a go do you feel in any way and this is not my personal opinion do you feel in any way that it would some fans of the original might feel offended by the fact that they're making fun of the characters in sense of like they're so ridiculous or do you think people will just understand that it's a it's a different time and it these characters are beloved i could see you know i'm thinking of something a show like if we love like charm came back and they destroyed the character how we would feel not that these characters are destroyed by any means but can you see fans of the original ones might not liking how tongue-in-cheek making fun of the original i think that if they went as far as to make kelly kapowski the first lady just be this ditzy dumb trophy wife to zach i think that would be detrimental to her character and what she made Mm. from the first one and that would be off-putting i wouldn't like that i love that jesse spano you know even though she is a guidance counselor she does have a phd you know especially when she oh and she wrote her book i'm so excited but i'm scared (laughs) of being a parent i thought that was amazing a nice tie-in to that and and that's the other thing of why i think this show works is because these characters who were developed by these actors these actors also understand of how ridiculous it was and i i think that they're okay with being like yeah we played some really shitty people so one thing that i would like to talk about before we close this episode up is that we watched a small reunion video that premiered with jimmy fallon and as he was talking about certain moments throughout the series and what they thought about it what were some of the things that we learned from there that we could talk about like oh my god well the fact that speaking of the caffeine pills which rob actually does remember this i I knew this this, yes but the caffeine pills were actually i loved red hots when i was a kid my father would buy those all the time from the grocery store so i am really used to red hots and yes i can totally vouch that those were red hots and also kelly and zach's first kiss tiffany Thiessen. she's no longer amber i guess when did she oh, i don't remember amber? that like yeah the- <laughs> So no longer Tiffany Amber Thiessen. It's Tiffany Thiessen. She remembers the sweatshirt that she was wearing when she was kissing Zach for the first time in this iconic scene. So it was cute to see that. Apparently, Mark Paul hadn't had much on-screen kiss experience. This might have been, I believe, his literal second kiss on screen. And so he was super nervous about it. And then they also talked about the iconic fight between Zach and Slater, how they did not use any stunt people for that everything that you saw was literally them and today how they were saying that they would pull in stunt doubles left and right you would not be a part of any of that physical confrontation and back then they did it all they did everything they could to make every punch look real and whatever you saw them rustling on the ground that was them that was very interesting because there's also zach to the future podcast which i had no idea until we watched this video mark paul does reviewing each episode of saved by the bell and this is what's so great about the idea of this podcast because mark paul gossler is one of those actors which is actually a very common thing in hollywood or with actors in 
general is that they film things and then they leave it alone. They necessarily don't erase it from their mind, but they just move on to the next job. They usually don't recap or go back in and watch themselves on film. They will do a job and then they will just let it go. I know that Adam Driver does that. He never watches anything that he does. And I think Joaquin Phoenix also does this too, just Mm. off the top of my head. But he's actually never seen an episode of this show. So now he made a podcast to literally watch each episode and just sort of talk about what it is that he's watching in this series. And I think that is brilliant so it's called zach from the to the future or from the future to the future zach Zach to the future future. i actually may check this out once or twice but he obviously is aware of how zach morris is portrayed by you know by you know the human race and how horrible he is (laughs) i mean there's a whole bunch of youtube playlists where it's like zach morris who's done this and he kidnapped a rep you know an immigrant and he like did all of these things that are just so horrible. I can only imagine what Mark Paul thinks. You know, he films it and then he moves on. That's it. So I thought that was interesting too. And I'm glad that they are able to revisit these characters because there are those actors that will never, I mean, like a Steve Urkel, you know, like that would never re- redo a character unless it was for like a, maybe a huge thing. Yes. You know, listening to Mark Paul talk about his character from back then, you know, obviously him knowing what goes on in media today and how you know we address these type of problems that we got away with in the 90s it's it'll probably be an interesting show to hear yeah i definitely you know go through that so yeah i welcome you know more characters from the show to come in this hopefully we get what was it tori that that chick writer i would love i would love to see tori spelling's character come back and just be her maybe she'll be and you know she would probably do anything yeah. tori spelling at this minute she would so, jump at it yeah i mean i welcome it i i just love the idea that they are not forgetting that yes this show was utter weird from back in the day so yeah i welcome it as far as comparison to both shows i don't necessarily have a preference i don't think that i would ever go back Back to watch the original in a very long time unless in a situation like this and i'm glad that i did i found it still entertaining could i watch the whole series i don't think so yeah that's true that is the question can you watch the whole and the college years and the movie? i actually would oh, love to watch the movies again i remember recording both vegas and hawaii on vhs i had both movies hands down i love those movies now that was was that the last time i guess the original cast was completely together literally all of them including lisa and screech yes because you know the jimmy fallon reunion on his tv show again didn't have Lisa. Yeah. oh my god look at me lark Voorhees. i'm here for you <laughs> clearly you could tell which character i like yeah. the most. so this was so fun to do i hope actually we get to do more of these in the future if there's more future reboots of series from the 90s that we could do my god is there going to be a could be step by step i know crazy right? <laughs> reunion of all of these yeah no i mean we'll definitely keep our aisles for some ideas and of course if you guys have an idea of a show back from the 80s or 90s that you'd like us to kind of revisit again let us know and we'll you know we'll see if we can put it on the schedule so i want to thank rob again for being 
an amazing co-host, always full of knowledge. <laughs> um, no, yeah, thank you. It's been fun. I, I, I enjoy talking about the, the Save by the Bell. So, yeah, can't wait for the next one. So, Rob, where can people find you at? You have, you're have you a busy man now, especially with Movie Geek and Proud coming back on January 13th. Wednesday, January. On most popular podcasts, you can find Movie Geek and Proud and Brunch with the Hollowells. You can follow us on Twitter at MGM. NP podcast and brunch with the Hollowells at BWTH podcast. You can also check out my website, Movie Geek and Proud, where I will have all of the archive episodes listed as well as a page devoted to my Brunch with the Hollowells podcast. I'm sure at this time it will have evolved to have more stuff on there, but that is a great source so you can find out where you can listen to us and what episodes we've done lately. MovieGeekAndProud.com And if you would like to reach the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast, it is Radical Retro Podcast all one word on Instagram. We hope you had an amazing throwback this week. Thank you again, Rob, and we will be back next week with an all-new episode of the Radical Retro Rewind. My name is Ryan. I'm not sure if I ever said that. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, Keep everybody. Listening. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save